Hello, dental online trainers, Dr. Dennis Hartley back with you today for part two of my conversation with Dr. Greg Kinzer. If you didn't get a chance to listen to part one of my conversation with Greg, I encourage you to go back and listen. I think it's really interesting. Greg talks about how he got into dentistry. And when he was in dental school, I was thinking about going into orthodontics and actually did a pivot and ended up going into prosthodontics instead. In that interview, we talk a lot about his experience in taking over Frank's practice. And I think it's really just a good way to get to understand Greg's background and how he started, got started in dentistry. In part two of our interview with Dr. Kinzer, Greg shares his experiences at the Spear Institute and what it's like working there and supporting Spear education. If you're not familiar with Spear Education, then just Google it and you'll see it is just an incredible resource for education, both live and they have some great virtual stuff. You know, we talk a little bit about what it's like to establish yourself and your style when you're the new person at an established practice, you know, especially when you're joining a practice like taking over for Frank Spear, for instance, that Greg had to do. We also talk about the importance of diversifying your training and continuing to learn so that we can stay relevant in our ever-changing landscape of dentistry. So kick back and relax and enjoy my conversation, part two of my interview with Dr. Greg Kinzer. Hello, dental online trainers, Dr. Dennis Hartley with you again and for part two of my conversation with Dr. Greg Kinzer. If you haven't listened to part one, you need to go back and listen to Greg's background, sort of how he grew up in Walla Walla, Washington, small town kid, and how he ended up in Frank Spears' practice and with the Spear Institute. Uh, it's pretty cool information, so check that out. But now we're going to continue on with part two of our conversation. All right, so Greg, I don't know if you know, but I took over practice for Buddy Mopper. I don't know if you knew that or not. Do you know? I, I, I did not know that. No, yeah. that's fantastic. So when I took over for Buddy, and Buddy was super generous when I came into the practice as far as allowing me to do the dentistry that I that I wanted to do. My background was mostly in ceramics. And I, as I talked about earlier, I took a ton of lab courses where I was building porcelain and sitting with lab, uh, lab technicians. And I, when I sat down with Buddy, I told him, look, I'm no good at bonding. And for those who don't know Dr. Mopper, he was one of the original bondodontists. In fact, his license plate says Dr. Bond. And I would joke with Buddy, he, he could bond anything and he pretty much tried to. But he was a real pioneer in direct composites. He was Absolutely. a pediatric dentist who started doing things well before most civilization did. And so he was a real pioneer and I was real blessed to learn from him. But it's not without challenges. And one of the challenges was coming into Buddy's practice, people wanted to see Mopper. And people did not want to see Dennis Hartley. And even though I'd been practicing for 10 years when I came into Buddy's practice, people didn't really give a care. They, they were there to see Buddy. They didn't, you know, who's, who's this guy? And so that was one of the challenges in the practice was gaining the trust of patients. And I'm wondering, did you go through the same thing when you came into Frank's practice? Yeah, I mean, exactly the same. It's, it's probably exactly the same. But the, the difference is you had 10 years experience. Yeah. I'm fresh yeah, but out of school. Not doing great dentistry. <laughs> so but I'm fresh out of school and I look like I was, you know, a kid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You still look it, young. It it was amazing. I mean, I looked so young back then. And in fact, when I came into the practice and Frank was teaching classes, it, the class was like didactic in the morning. And then in the afternoon, it was um, we, we would do like exercises hands-on. So I would help with that. 
But I always made my way into the room in the morning with these 12 dentists and Frank would introduce me. I'd go in there to grab a cup of coffee and he'd always end it with, you know, he's fantastic. He only looks like he's, you know, 25. He only looks like he's 18. And it got to the point where he said, I look like I was 12. (laughs) And then I said, somebody's going in there to get coffee for me. I'm not going back in there. Um, So, so yeah, that struggle of how do you transition some patient because our practice was referral based, meaning that the patients that were coming in were coming in for, you know, for buddy or for Frank. And now how do you get them to see that new person? That's rough. The only saving grace on it was Frank wasn't practicing much. So when I came in, this was 98, he was seeing patients maybe, maybe 30 days a year. Okay. Which means that you have a tremendous influx of patients being referred in and a guy that just doesn't have any availability. It wasn't a challenge so much because of that. It was bigger challenge for patients that he had treated before that now had something happen and they needed to see the new person. And that was a tough one until they got to meet me. But it was just the initial transition was a, was a challenge for sure. How did you manage with, with Frank's busy schedule? and you know life and everything were you able to still learn from him in in your position as an associate in the practice where he was did he have enough time i don't mean to put you in an awkward position no it's just... it's it's a really good question and um in in all honesty so i ended up having to start running the practice before i was ready to run the practice because it was just out of necessity there's nobody there and the staff has mm-hmm. issues and, and they need so I remember I would make lists of things. So when he came back, I was like that obnoxious, you know, new person <laughs> yeah. that would like say, okay, I got all these questions for you. Some of them were clinical. Some of them were staff. So I had the luxury though, of having Bob winter in the practice and Bob was actually there a lot. So Bob and Frank and I all overlapped and worked together for about three years. Okay. So even though I didn't get a tremendous amount of clinical knowledge, let's say from Frank, cause he wasn't around as much. I got a ton of it from Bob. So Bob filled that, that need and that void. I got it from Frank, but it was more in pieces. It was pieces when he was around Mm -hmm. because he wasn't around all the time. Yeah. I didn't get as much clinical from him. I got a ton of clinical from Bob, but Frank taught me how to think. Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, what, one of the things I really appreciate with Frank from my experience with him was more than just doing the dentistry is like you talked about earlier is how to have conversations with patients how to talk to staff. I mean, Frank seemed to have a, a natural gift for that, for being able to communicate. I still think he's the best communicator in dentistry, but I have to imagine just sort of experiencing that had to be somewhat valuable. For sure. And, and I think what Frank has always done well is, is speak in the, in the conceptual realm where you learn how a treatment plan. As you know, it's not cookie cutter. There's not no. one plan that fits for every situation. You have to be able to think your way out of the box when you get pushed into a corner. But speaking to patients and speaking to staff, for sure, Frank has done a very good job. And so I've learned a ton about that piece from him. Um, But what's amazing to me is you're in this shadow, right? You're in in Buddy's shadow and Buddy casts a very big shadow. And people start to think of you as a mini him, but you're not, right? You have your your own style and your own unique set of skills and gifts And it was amazing to see how when dentists came in and they spent some time around me and when they were with, they were doing their class, how there numerous times they'd say, wow, you're nothing like Frank. 
I'm like, yeah, I, I'm not. I mean, I I think he does great things and I think he teaches very well. And like, there's things that I would love to emulate, but I'm yeah. not him. Right. And and I think having for me to have the separation that I'm going to do things differently, not that they're better than him. It's just, I'm going to, I'm different, right? Maybe you're different. You. You're, you're going to provide your own benefit to patients. That's great. And it's just, just not buddy. Right. What's it like running the practice with also having all the responsibilities that you have that's at the Spear Institute? Running the practice now, back in the day, running the practice was great because I had no financial obligation. I'm running to practice and not paying any bills. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I like to shop. <laughs> that's the best, that's the best way. I'll tell you, you're, you're so now with Spear Education being a big part of what I do, but also needing to, to remain relevant and current and be a clinician. That's a challenge. And that, again, you, you spoke about the life balance of, you know, family, free time, work. Well, now I have family, free time, and I have spirit education, and I have clinical practice and a staff. Right. That's rough. It's rough because your focus is, is always has to be on one of those two things. And I think the best thing that I had an associate, well, I had Rouse come in because Rouse and I were going to just, we were going to partner up and we wanted to mm-hmm. learn from each other. Jeff Rouse, we wanted to learn from each other, but in the end, we were like, we should actually just become partners, right? This is kind of fun. Hard to do when you're in two different states and one guy is commuting to uh, to a different area. Yeah, um, I, I talked to Jeff and I said, you know, if you're late for your afternoon patient, that's a that's a little different than driving across city, right? <laughs> it's like uh, my flight's late. I'm going to be a couple hours late for my for that for that seating appointment. It, it was a lot of fun to have him around. I mean, it, it to me, it reminds me of being in a grad school where you constantly get to talk about dentistry at a different level. And being in practice, I had been in practice essentially by myself because Frank, his name has always been on the door, still on the door, right. but he hasn't seen a patient in 10 years, but it's not a bad name to stick on your door for no, business. No, no, no. So I was, I'm just, I'm kind of overwhelmed with everything that's going on. And, and I got remarried and uh, Jill had a practice for 20 years in Gig Harbor. And, you know, we live up near Seattle and here we have two practices, two staffs, all the challenges that go along with running a practice, but, oh yeah, she's got to commute an hour and a half drive each way to get down to her oh. practice. And uh, we start calculating you know, how much time she's spending in the car. And we're like, you know, what we should do, we should just join forces. We should we, come into my practice and it'll be enjoyable because we'll get to work with each other and learn from each other. It'll help cut our busyness, our overhead, because it's one right. practice instead of two. So that's, that's been a nice change. We've been working together for you know almost three years now. Oh, I didn't and realize that. Yeah. That's been very enjoyable for me. And it's, again, the energy level in the practice is different when she's there, when we're both there. Oh, that's awesome. Well, yeah, I so. think so. I, I have a partner. I, you might know Chris Ching. Uh, Chris has been in my practice for close to a decade. And he came in as a partner a little while back. And I was with Mopper for a bunch of years. And then as Buddy was leaving, Chris came in. And I love the energy of having a second dentist in the practice. And then uh, Mondays, I'm there without Chris. And for me, it's not the same. Part of it is Chris has an enormous amount of energy. And so that's that's great because I don't. He has this infusion of energy and, and works really great with the staff. And so I love having that second person in the practice. I love yeah. being able to bounce questions off, off them. I like being going walking into the private office and slam my head against a wall and say, I got one of those days and they get it at a different level than any yeah. of the team members can possibly appreciate it. So I get, uh, I get it. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it makes it so much more fun. You know, hey, come here, check this out. What do you think? What do you see? Do you see something, you know, trying in restorations? It's been, it's been a lot of fun. 
Yeah. And I would imagine then for family life, it's got to be a lot less stressful with having the lack of commute and for you guys then to be able to sort of work your schedule so that you can also take care of family. I had heard like, oh, be careful. Be careful if you're working with your spouse, right? It's too much time together. Um, but it's not. It, it's, you know, we, 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 we can talk shop in the car, driving in, driving home. In the office, I mean, you're busy. Right. So should be. maybe we eat lunch together. Maybe we pop into the office, but we're there. We can hear each other, but we're not really in each other's business. But there is that energy and that knowledge that gets shared and the excitement. So it's it has been really nice. Having somebody else around is, is pretty fun. Do you, uh, do you guys share responsibility with managing the practice or does one of you take more responsibility than the other? Well, <laughs> since I, since it's my practice for so long, it would be my responsibility, but I, I, I give it to her. <laughs> well, that's what I do. It's with terrible, Chris. right? No, I think it's great. And look, first of all, I think some people are just better at it. And my partner's way better at it than I am. And as an associate, and I did this with Mopper, I'm like, well, if I ran a practice, I sure as hell wouldn't do that. I can do this better. And, you know, Chris wasn't, wasn't openly like that, but, you know, you could sense it. And so when the day came for Chris to buy in, I'm like, here's the keys to the car. Try not to run it off the cliff and I'll do everything to support <laughs> you. And he's done a great job and it's taken a ton of stress off my life. Because uh, he's dealing with all that other stuff. And I just I just don't love that other stuff. I love drilling teeth and I've, bonding teeth. It's that other stuff is tough and, and it brings no enjoyment to me. And what yeah. she brought in, I brought in some systems into Frank's practice because he didn't have any systems in place. I believe that. And yeah. the systems that I brought in, when Jill came in, she brought in all sorts of other systems because she ran a, a really successful fee-for-service GP practice. And all of a sudden... She even brought it up another notch to create clarity, to create more efficiencies. And so, I mean, she wanted, can I make these changes? I'm like, tell you what, you can pretty much do whatever you want. Just kind of tell me what you're doing. So I'm in the know. (laughs) Uh, Not the last to know. (laughs) But I'm going to guess that what you're going to do is going to try to make us better and make the staff, you know, it's make it easier on everybody. So I will be a sounding board and I will provide direction when it's necessary, but she does the heavy lifting. Yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations. That's a big stress relief, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. I want to segue over to uh, Spear Education. And um, so you, you're the director of curriculum, right? I am the director of curriculum and campus education. Yes. So does that mean you give the campus tours? Like we come in and we want to like... uh... (laughs) I can. They're going to be fun. I give them, they're going to be fun. (laughs) All right. Well, let's get the cocktail rolling. Let's do a campus tour. There you go. All right. So what's, what does, what, what do those hats look like? What's a director of curriculum? So you are Jeff Rouse's boss. You're my friend, Jim McKee's <laughs> boss, right? So, so if, if I tell you that, that, you know, you know, Notre Dame is, uh, you know, an issue for me, can we do something about that with McKee? Because him and his Notre Dame stuff, it's just no good. If you can control McKee, then you got to give me the keys to that one because I, I don't know. Same with Rouse. A&M and Notre Dame, and here I am in Michigan, we finally have a winning season. I don't even know how you can suffer these people. They're, uh, it's just going to be awful. I hope you guys don't talk college football when they're, in, when they're around you. I try not to because we're not yeah. so good right now. So yeah. I bow I'd, out of that conversation. I, I'd avoid that topic at all costs. So that role for me is, so one of the things that we need is we're a very diverse educational company, meaning that it, when you build an educational company around one man, one person, yeah. the challenge is you're limited in what you're able to do and what the knowledge you're able to share. And if something happened to that individual, 
then the whole thing is done. And so yep, what yep. Frank did very early is he, you know, he brought me in and he brought Bob in. And so we, we brought in individuals that were extremely high caliber, right? I've always said, if you want to be great, you surround yourself with great people. Sure. And I think that that's what we've done, right? With McKee and Jeff Rouse and Ricardo Matrani. And so we have a phenomenal faculty. I mean, I couldn't say enough good things about all of these people, but because of the diversity of what we do, we also have to have a hand on controlling our education. So we're all saying the same things and we're all focusing on the same things. So you're not going to get a mixed message going from one class to the next. Right. And that's, that's a pretty fine dance. Yeah, for sure. Especially like Airway TMJ and, and how all that falls in outside of all the pros and everything else that you guys teach. Right. And then bringing in the digital piece. So, so my role is to help control the educational content and who's doing what and how are they doing it? Can I help make them better? Can I be, give you some guidance as to how to make that content better, how to deliver it better, all, everything to become better at, uh, at your job. But then it's also looking five years down the road. I think we always have to be looking far enough down the road that you don't become complacent in what you're doing now. And then all of a sudden somebody surpasses you. Right. So it's getting the wheels in place to design new content, different content so that we continue to do this. And so that's, it takes a big amount of time, but it's so much fun because I don't do it alone. I, I bring in my faculty. I bring in Jeff. Jeff and I just put together spending about a year designing a new type of content that's not being done. It's like, this is fun to be that far outside of the norm and to right. think differently. So it takes a lot of time, but it's so enjoyable. I feel like you've taken on your dad's role as principal. <laughs> kind of. I actually haven't thought of it that way, but that's that's an interesting take on it. Yeah, yeah kind of, right? You got to make uh, sure everyone's in alignment of. and looking for the vision of the uh, the education uh, center. I'm going to have to have that conversation because my parents are coming up for Thanksgiving. That's an interesting topic. I thank you for shedding the light on that. That's fantastic. Yeah. I, I, and I, and I, I'm sincere in that. I mean, I, I can't imagine, Greg, how much time commitment there is to try and put all those programs together because you got to see the programs. You got to be speaking with the faculty and then you got to look at the whole global picture of it and then making sure, like you said, that everyone's speaking the same language, that students will go from one class and say, well, this is not, you know, you're getting not even different information, but conflicting information. That, that's That's got to be a super big challenge, I would think. It's it's not as big as you'd think. And the reason is because we have great people with us. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and everybody brings something, something fantastic to the table and and I, I'm not going to micromanage them because these are amazing minds, but we just need to all be in sync and we need to yeah. be thinking of the next thing. I mean, mm-hmm. bringing in Jeff to have the vision that we, that airway is vastly important. It's here to stay. It's only going to become more valuable to know more. And Jeff being at that forefront, it's like, okay, the benefit of me practicing together with him was I got to see things completely differently than I ever thought of them before. Yeah, And all of a sudden it's like, this is where we need to go with our education. Jeff and I just did for our Spear Summit, we just did a presentation where, you know, you've heard Frank talk about FGTP, facially generated treatment planning, right? And most treatment planning protocols revolve around that, you know, use the face to determine where to put the teeth. That's where your starting point for treatment planning is. And Jeff and I finally sat down because we've seen enough things together that we said, you know, it's not, it's not the teeth so much as it is the maxilla. Maxilla needs to be designed first, just like as we decide to describe it's, it's the wax rim of a denture. You don't set the teeth, you get AP and transverse. Well, that's the airway piece. 
Yep. And so our presentation was, it's time for a paradigm shift. And that's before we can set the teeth, let's bring the airway in, see if there's an issue and see what we can do to the maxilla if it's a problem. So again, it's like, it's thinking differently and taking what's been laid before us, which has been fantastic, but making it better, taking it to a new, yeah. new level. And then I think adding the stuff that McKee talks about with joint health, right? That I mean, that's where it all sort of comes full circle, right? Because you're talking about maxilla with the airway, but then you're talking about joint health Joints with the, the growth with, of the mandible. Yeah, and and again, and Frank will tell you this: it's like you can only be an expert in so many things. So right. I think the benefit of of spear education is we're not experts in everything. I'm not an expert in everything. So find the people that are and bring them in to your team, and all of a sudden, everybody everybody gets better. Yeah. I, I do remember listening to David Garber and Salama and they were talking. I was, I just happened to be like eavesdropping and Garber was talking to Frank, I think, or maybe Salama. Someone was talking to Frank and said, the problem you guys have is you guys are practicing, practicing in different locations in Seattle. Whereas Garber and Salama, they were all in the same office. And so they could be like, you chicken shit. Come on, you can do that. <laughs> Come on, you can do that. And they really push each other. But but truly having these like minds that can get together and look at how things can get better. That's that's what it's all about. And and that's sort of how Seattle, I mean, Seattle is just sort of, you know, with Vince and, and Dave Matthews and all that stuff. That was sort of like the beginning of it, right? Yeah, I have tremendous admiration and respect for what Frank has done. But I'll tell you what, Vince Kokic to me was the the ultimate educator. Yeah. And, and and I think that he had a huge influence on on Frank's style and methodology on how to do that. Oh, so such a big loss, you know, when when Vince passed away. But you're right. I think interdisciplinary dentistry was really highlighted in Seattle by those individuals. Yeah. You know, Frank and Dave and Vince really started thinking and talking as a team instead of as individuals working on the same patient. Yeah, multidisciplinary, which is what I learned, and then to interdisciplinary. And if anyone yeah. hasn't looked at Rick Robley's book on interdisciplinary dental facial therapy, yeah. they should check that out because it's, Great book. It, it, it's, it, it's not even dated. I mean, it's, it was published maybe, I don't know, a dozen years ago. I don't even know how long. Yeah, but it's still, still, still relevant though, right? Still relevant, still a great book. I mean, we are so geeking out. This is like just a, like dental, <laughs> I got you in my share cast at Dental Geek Fest. Uh, Greg, I, I want to, um, I want to finish up and I, uh, what do people who aren't familiar with the uh, Spear Education, what do they need to know? And I can't imagine there are people who know about it, but for those who, who don't know, what do they need to know about Spear Education? Well, I think one of the misnomers that's out there that I'll just dispel right off the bat is a lot of people, and I hear this, you know, through circles is, well, all, all you do at, at Spear Education is you learn how to do full mouth, right? That's it. It's like, no, that's not it at all. The reason why Spear Education exists is that we wanted to help dentists. That was our goal. That's our mission statement. And then the question becomes, well, what does that mean? What does that look like? How do you want to help dentists? So what we did is we asked dentists, what do you need help with? Right. That's really kind of the, how it came to be. And we heard very similar things from all dentists. The first of which was, I'm burnt out. I don't enjoy what I do anymore. I'm on, yeah. I'm, I'm on the hamster wheel. I'm a single tooth dentist bouncing from operatory to operatory. And it's like, I hate it. You know, Monday morning is like, crap, got to go into the office. So we want to help dentists have more fun and dentists want to make more money. So we want to help you become more profitable. And dentists also want to push themselves to be able to do things and offer things that they don't do and offer now. So yep. 
seeing patients and getting out of the single tooth dentistry to do more complex and comprehensive care. So if you want to attain full mouth reconstruction, great. But if you want to just change your skill set, we're there for you as well. And the biggest idea would be, you know, we have courses that touch every piece of dentistry from treatment planning to occlusion to worn dentition, implants, composite, joints, airway. I mean, it is a true curriculum. But as a dentist, sometimes I just need a piece of information. I want to learn more on implants. All right. So there's just, you could do that and you could just do composite or you could just, but the overall design of it is like a grad pros program, grad pros program that you can take at your leisure and do as much as you want, as opposed to sacrificing three years of your life and your time and everything that you've done uh, to just focus in your program. So it's it's a wonderful educational um, opportunity to improve your skill set to get you out of that single tooth realm. But then it's even more than that because we have spear study clubs. So you can learn the concepts and the thought processes at your own location at home. Right. Right, Virtually or in person in your study club. We have all of the online material. So you may never step a foot on our campus to do any of the workshops, but that's okay because everything we do has an online learning track. We have things to help educate your patients. We have things to help your staff. Everything that dentists that you and I struggle with, we have worked hard to create solutions to make it better for you. Even practice management software and consultants that in real time help you become a better business owner and business runner. I'm so amazed at the people that we have, the conceptual people thinking outside of dentistry, like how can we help dentists other than clinical education? How can we help their staff? It's amazing. I'm so fortunate to be a part of it. How hard is it to balance though between private practice and doing this beer stuff? Yeah, it's not easy. (laughs) It's not. It's not easy and it, it pulls away from everything else, right? It pulls away from family time. It's, it's, yeah, that's, it's tough because, because if I'm not here, I'm in Arizona. If I'm not, if I'm not working in the practice, I'm in Arizona and my schedule, I can look at it. I know what it's going to be for the next year and a half, two years. So it's interesting, Dennis, and maybe you had the same come to Jesus thought in your mind during COVID where everything's shut down, the world comes to a stop. You have the ability now to reassess your life. For sure. Yep. And, and you really maybe don't even know how hard you're pushing until you're not no longer pushing. You're the frog in the pot. You're the so, frog in the pot of boiling water. You don't know how hot the water is getting. It's so, so the, when everything shut down, we were like, holy crap, we've got to change this. This is like, yeah. we're working too hard or it's too much stress. It's too much time. And we said, we're going to change this when we go back in. I mean, we were, the Europeans do it right, right? They take a whole month holiday. Sure do. And we, here we had a month off. We had two months off. We should, we should do this every year. Just take a exactly. month off. And then fast forward to today. And where are we? We're right back in that boiling water. But now I know it's hot. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, I think that's a great point, right? I mean, you have a chance to look back. And even though maybe you haven't made the changes that you need to make, you do know you need to start making those changes, right? Yeah. So, so we're working on, you know, let's, I I can control the practice. I can't control the educational piece so I can control the practice, but do it in such a way where I still get content. I still help my patients, but maybe I can do it and have some more time for other things. Like your family. Yeah. Life balance is tough. Yeah. With six kids, what's your age range on the kids? 23 to 15. But I'll tell you, so the, the oldest two are twins, twin girls, 
one of which just started dental school this year at UOP. Oh, congratulations. Wow. And the other one is actually working in our practice right now as she's taking a gap year and she's applying to dental school. So she's going around interviewing. So out of the six, right off the top, we're having two that will be in the dental world, which is super cool to me. That's super awesome. That's really great. It's such a great profession. We're so blessed. I I had no idea. I mean, I, I like my dentist and that's why I want to be a dentist. And um, I had no idea how rewarding and how much we could really help people. I, I just didn't have any idea. It's, yeah. it's really such an awesome profession. So it's, it's neat to see the kids also resonate with that and, and see yeah. what we see in it and the things that we enjoy in it and want to kind of follow in that. Yeah. And that you guys were in, that you influenced them in a positive way and you didn't scare them away from dentistry, but you've influenced them to come join you in the, in the career yeah. that we have. That's, that's pretty cool. That that's makes way, it fun. Way to go. Yeah. Congratulations. Look, Greg, I, I can't thank you enough. It's uh, again, I've Greg and I have sort of like sort of nodded each other and maybe a little wave and stuff. I'm too awkward to come up and say hi to him personally. This has really been been great just sort of hanging out. I wish I could have had a glass of wine while we we're doing this, but it was just too early in the day for me to do that, even though it is Friday. But I was I was thinking about it. We just um, reschedule it and we just move the hours back and then, and then we're sipping a glass of wine and then the conversations will go in a variety of different ways. It, well, that's sort of what happens when Rouse and McKee and I get together. So. <laughs> those are the good conversations. Oh, those are fun conversations. In fact, you know, one, one last story is that and I think I was talking to maybe Jeff about, yeah, I was talking to Rouse about this during our time together on our Surecast. Back in the day, I used to, the, the, the American Academy of Restorative Dentistry is held every year in Chicago. and It's been going on for nearly 100 years. It used to be held at the Drake Hotel in Chicago. And at the Drake Hotel in the basement, there used to be this bar there, still is, the Lecoq Door, the, the Golden Rooster. And me and my friends would go there and we would just like wait on Friday night and Saturday night for Frank and John and whoever to come in to, you know, all these dignitaries in dentistry. And we would just sit there like sitting, you know, drinking our beer and looking <laughs> at all like these famous dentists coming in and stuff. I was such a, I was such a little dental nerd back then. Still am a dental nerd, but. It's amazing to be around those people that you read their books and you saw their lectures and then they are, yeah. there they are in person. I still, it's amazing to me to go to the American Academy of Restorative and Aesthetic Dentistry. Both academies are just stacked with these people that are just the pillars of dentistry. It's, you, you do, you geek out a little bit, you're a little starstruck. Yeah. Do you know Ken Walaszewski at Marquette? He's a prosthodontist. That's, uh, I know the name, but I don't know. Yeah. And Mike's a, a prosthodontist about your age also. And, and oh, Mike Walaszewski was a UW grad, pros grad. Okay, maybe, that's how I know that name then. Yeah, maybe... 10 years ago, he might've. So anyhow, so we had a, an event last week celebrating the Milwaukee Dental Forum 100th anniversary, 100 continuers of their dental study club. And Ken's sort of a historian of the study club. And he got up and he had had a couple of cocktails and he told these great stories of back in the seventies, being a grad pro student and going into these um, hotel rooms where like Salenza and all these, you know, Ranford and all these people were just sitting there like yelling at each other about different philosophies, <laughs> of kind of position and drinking. And he just told these great stories and went on and on. And it was just, it was like sitting around the campfire just having yeah. the best time. It was, that's, it was, it awesome. was quite, quite a night. It was so much fun. All right, dental online trainers. I hope you don't mind this geek out fest that we just had. Uh, Greg, I, I truly can't thank you enough for spending the time with us, especially with as valuable as time as these days. Thank you. And for those who are interested in learning more about Spear Education, 
they can certainly just Google Spear, but is there a best way for them to reach out to Spear? Yeah, go just go onto the website. There's all sorts of information there. And then, um, you know, we everything we do is uh, has a virtual component and we do have in-person hands-on workshops in a variety of ways. So hopefully we'll, we'll see you cross paths at one point in time. Now, are you guys up for your seminars yet, or is still COVID reli- uh, resistant to big the, the big courses yet? The, the seminars are the only piece that we haven't brought back yet. They, we have them, but they're a virtual, and people love the virtual because you get to stay home and you know you don't lose yep. time from your practice and and you sleep in your own bed, see your family. Um, so that's the only piece we haven't brought back yet. All right. Well, look, everyone, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed this this conversation with Greg. I absolutely did. And I want to know why you have two G's in your name, but I guess that's uh, just, uh, it's so good. You had to have a second G. I was impressed that you actually, I saw it on this little recording where you had it spelled and I'm like, wow, it's one of the only people that actually spelled it correctly. So I was going to comment like, yeah, kudos to you because that normally never happens. Well, I have a friend, Todd, who only has one D and his mom named him with one D because if one D is good enough for God, it's good enough for Todd. And so I just figured. <laughs> That's, I, I don't have anything nearly that clever to say. Uh, my parents just, I don't know. They gave me an extra G. Because <laughs> it's so good. I had to use an extra G. <laughs> I'm going to use that. There we go. You're welcome. All right. Well, listen, everyone, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a, it's been a, just a, a great afternoon talking to Greg. And as always, yours for better dentistry. I'm Dr. Dennis Hartley. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Thanks Dennis. Hey, Dental Online Trainers. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Dr. Greg Kinzer. I thought it was really interesting, the stuff that they're doing over at Spear Institute and all the stuff that Greg has going on. Now, don't forget that DOT has so many other great learning opportunities from our Wine and Unwind. These are our monthly webinars where we engage real time with our viewers as we bring in leaders throughout the dental industry and take your questions and just learn from the best and how to make our dentistry and our dental practices better. In fact, you can go back and you can listen to these as they've been recorded. So go back if you haven't had a chance. We've got some great interviews that I think you'll find really interesting. Now, we also have our monthly coffee and donut study club mentoring sessions. This is where our members bring in questions and bring in treatment plans, or I may have a case to share with the participants that I've been working on in my office. But these are real case situations, real live patients that we're talking about and how we can help solve some problems for you and your practice and share from each other. Now, we also have our live virtual workshops where we cover everything from treating the worn dentition. As an FYI, our next one is coming up at the end of March 22 for our worn dentition and to our full bonded resin veneers to prepping teeth for porcelain veneers. So many topics that we cover in these live virtual workshops that you just don't want to miss. Of course, we have our blogs that give great valuable information and we have our endless selection of hands-on pre-recorded technique courses to improve the quality of your dentistry for you and your patients. Also, in 2022, we're having Dr. Jim McKee, who's an expert in TMJ. We're going to be loading some of his courses onto the DOT website, so you're going to be able to get some really great, valuable information on treating your patients who have TMD or TMJ issues. And look, hey, if you enjoyed this ShareCast, please share this with your friends and colleagues. And if you want to check us out more, check us out at dothandson.com. And until next time, I'm Dr. Dennis Hartlieb, yours for better dentistry. Thanks so much for listening to the ShareCast. If you are not yet a subscriber, please do subscribe to our ShareCast wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're loving the ShareCast, share it with your colleagues. 
and please rate it and leave us a review. Also, if you want access to fantastic clinical, managerial, and leadership tips to help you in your practice of dentistry, check us out at dothandson.com or find me on Instagram at HartleyDDS. This episode was created with special help from Clear O'Neill. It was edited by Ashley Dixon Ellison and with original music by Chris Peterson. Again, thank you for listening. I'm Dr. Dennis Hartley, yours for better dentistry. Mm-hmm.